Start your engines! Oh, this'll be good. This is the Scrapyard. This is the Scrapyard. I'm Seamus Byrne, and I'm doing a special visit this week rather than uh, making somebody come to me. I've gone to someone else um, to get them on the show. So we are going to talk this week about a very, very Hearthstone-centric view of what's been going on lately. And so I've managed to come in to visit IGN and catch up with Cam Shea because, once again, I have literally on the way in the door watched the fact that his friends here at IGN just kind of laugh at him when he talks about wanting to talk about card games. And here he is. On the scrapyard, and we can go I mean, deep. To be fair, making a land like Magic the Gathering pun is pretty much grounds for being made fun of. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. you know, that's that's fine. But yes, welcome to IGN. Uh, for all the listeners out there, if the, the sound quality is better, you're welcome. <laughs> if it's worse, I'm so sorry. Uh, we're sitting on our impromptu kind of set, and I don't know, it should be fine. Yeah. And look, yeah, I'm in the middle of fixing my own new studio space. And the one thing it doesn't have yet is. You know, random toys and things, which I've also realized are really good at, like, just helping to dampen the sound of blank walls. <laughs> and so I need to get random Yeah, I mean, you need to, to be, you need to have plush toys rather than hard plastic. <laughs> yeah, that's the really important difference. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, the Opera House, uh, if they really wanted to redo a room properly, it would be a mixture of different toys of different... Uh, you know, yeah, absorption levels and, yeah. you know, you don't want too much bouncing. So. Yeah, I mean, there are many, many hundreds of Pokemon plush toys that they could hang out of the roof of the Opera House <laughs> and that would improve the sound quality no end, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> they really missed the trick designing <laughs> that building. Yeah. Um, when, uh, yeah, Jürgen, uh, you know, or, sorry, uh, I've forgotten his name. I, and that's really rude because I, I do love, I'm a um, bit of a design nerd. A Billy uh, Opera. Jörn Ötzen. There, there we go. go. I remember now. Yeah, not Billy Opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. at least I was closer than that. At least yeah. you have some grounding in these things. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's, there are, there is a bit of a laundry list of things to catch up on at the moment. Seamus, there's so much stuff has happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think the last time we spoke was like ahead of, BlizzCon or something like that. You know, it was, it was very around late last time. year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, an awful lot has happened. But Year of the Dragon, mm. we're about to walk into it. It's an exciting time mm. where there's lots of announcements, lots of tweaks and changes. And mm. also it seems like, you know, the team is trying to be on the front foot about the idea that, okay, there's been a bit of a quiet patch, things have been a bit slow, but that that they're going to be less afraid to tweak and change yeah. and and watch the meta and kind of make sure that they're giving us what we want. Um, what's your overall feeling about what, you know, I guess scale of 8 to 17, <laughs> um, you know, what are you, what are you feeling about Year of the Dragon? Uh, well, I mean, rotation is going to be great yeah. just right off the bat. Uh, but, yeah, alluding to, coming back to what you just said about, like, the team being prepared to make changes uh, more often, we've already had two nerfs in the last meta, which is, and you know, the first one was two weeks after you know, Rastakhan came out, which is yeah. unprecedented speed. And now we found out that you know Baku and Gen are going to the Hall of Fame a year early with this set rotation. You know, those those kind of actions speak volumes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I don't mind Baku and Gen as cards. But I'm really sick of Odd Paladin. And it's an irrational sickness. Yeah. You know, it's just I just hate facing it. I mean, I love beating it, but I just find those games frustrating. I just find it annoying that other people play that deck. Mm. You know, not that I play, like, quirky decks. I play, like, you know, tier one ladder decks too. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this is going to be a proper reset. Yeah. Because we've got Angoro, we've got Knights of the Frozen Throne, we've got Kobolds and Catacombs all leaving. And so that means quests, uh, that means legendary weapons, and that means DKs. Yeah. So these yeah. cards that have, um, you know, not all of those were great, right? But there are enough of them that were super powerful that they have influenced the meta ever since they like hit the game. And so it's had a warping effect. There are so many cards from last year that didn't really get a chance to shine because any value-oriented card has to compete with, you know, Rexar or Jaina or all these other like super OP cards. Yeah. So now we're actually finally going to get to play with a bunch of those cards from last year. And Baku and Gem were kind of the one lingering thing that I was really concerned about. And so the fact that they're gone too just means it's just a completely clean slate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, f- I feel like designing forward with Gen and Baku in there, like it, it would literally influence how they attempt to design the next three sets because yep. we've seen that in so much of the the card tweaks that we've seen recently. It was kind of about you know removing or moving where a card mm. sat within odd or even mm. because they were too influential in one of mm. those or the other. Such and, a nightmare. <laughs> you know, when you kind of think back to when, like, what, Just a Card, True Heart, sort of the original, um, you know, yeah. boost to a hero yep. power yep. came along, the idea, that it, you know, it was still random when you would get access to it. You know, you had to draw it, you had yep. to be able to play it, yep. and it just seemed like, yeah, getting that on turn one, turn one was just too powerful. Or, you know, again, not... Completely OP, but it has dominated the meta yeah. in terms of what people have been and able to do. The, a lot of the objections have actually been about the fact that it is so consistent. It means yeah. that you build your game plan around being able to make the most of that out of that hero power and the cards that are in your deck are somewhat second to that initial plan. Yeah. So it means that games play out quite similarly every time. And so, yeah, I mean, we could lose you know, three sets and rotate and... Uh, those decks still might feel kind of similar, which would be really depressing. And if yeah. they're strong, because, I mean, I didn't think they were going to be strong at the start of last year. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought, why are they printing these cards in the first set of, you know, the rotation? Why aren't they waiting until the third when there's a bigger card pool and maybe they'll be viable? But they were basically viable out of the gate. So you can't, you got to think that it'll be a similar deal this year. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, we just don't want that sameness. We want things to really yeah. change. And, I mean... It- Again, it's like it was one of those things that it was really great at the time because it did so much for some of the classic cards, mm-hmm. right? Like so many cards that hadn't been touched came back in because suddenly they were really favorable when God you were using them in that raid concept. leader. Raid leader. <laughs> <laughs> I hate seeing that card. But I hate yeah, getting destroyed by raid leader. It's so humiliating. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think definitely that that does speak to the idea that we're going to kind of have some cool, fun, new things to play yeah. with. Um, and, yeah. and sorry, just yeah, before yeah. you move on, I, I was also going to say that, you know, the fact that we have had a year of them, even though we're ready for them to move on, I mean, we have had basically the most varied set of metas we've ever had before. Mm. There's been more decks that have been actually viable than ever before. So it's been, I think, overall a really positive thing. It's just that fatigue is setting yeah. in and... So it's so cool that they can go. You know what? I, these cards weren't a failure. They were just they just had their time. Yeah. You know, so let's let's move on. Yeah. So that's that's the way I see the situation. I think that's the way Team Five sees it as well. Yeah. Um. And that's it. I think it it definitely makes for that feeling again that that they know how to try to read what's going on in the community mm. and to really try to respond rather than go. Guess what, everybody? We 
and you know we're stuck with them for another year and yeah. we're all just gonna have to suck it up yeah, it's yeah. like we have a hall of fame system already and we're just gonna use it right now and also yeah. proof that team five don't make decisions based on oh we'd have to give out a lot of dust here Everybody is getting a dust windfall. Yeah. We're going to be able to like get the pre-order, one of the pre-order bundles, and then get a whole stack of dust from the cards we already own without losing them. Yeah. And we're all going to be off, you know, to a really good start for the, the rotation. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. And look, I have to say, actually, I've been playing a, a fair bit more wild lately as well because, you know, I guess we're at that point where there's so many cards that we've got kind of sitting around in that kind of archive mm. now that I have been enjoying that idea of going back and just building right. some fun stuff to work out, you know. And even when you get beaten in wild sometimes, you sort of go, that was an awesome setup that that person thought right. of, you know. Yep. There's a lot of creativity in finding crazy OP things <laughs> you can do with old cards. So that's been really fun too. But competition format, that's been mm. the other really big first announcement of the year. Mm. I'm being vaguely chronological in terms of the way I'm trying to think about it. Um, we'll probably finish with World Championship talk, but for now, you know, the the big change of moving away from uh, from conquest format, mm-hmm. they told us we were going to move away, mm-hmm. and then really left and us they, hanging. And for they a said, long and they said time. we're going to make it more like the latter experience, which was like, okay, how? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, and so we're getting specialists. Yep. Um, you bring three decks. One is your primary. And then the other two are a five-card alteration of your first yep. deck. Same class, obviously. Same class. Yep. Uh, and then it's a case of everybody, you start with your primary and then if you want to change it up from there, you can change it up. Yep. And and it's just it's best is it of, always best of three. Best of three? Yep. It's always yeah. best of three except they said that the final at the Masters Tour events Might be are best of, best of five, five yeah. which could kind of be i don't know how exciting that would be but i think at least that way skill wins out yeah you know like if it's a bad matchup it's a bad matchup but it yeah. gives both players a chance to you know mitigate rng to okay. some degree i can't wait to watch best of five control warrior <laughs> oh yeah there are, there are definitely some mirror match mirror matchups that could be very problematic with <laughs> yeah. this format <laughs> yeah um but yeah any kind of other th- how are you feeling about the idea of specialist I, versus conquest okay first of all it's a change. Yeah. And that's a really key thing. I'm really pleased that they're taking a shot with this new format, but I don't really know how to pass it. You know, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm not a tournament player. Um, yeah. so I don't really know what the, how this is going to play out, whether it's going to be entertaining to watch, whether we're going to have a situation where, you know, there's a clear best deck and then the counter to that deck and then the counter to that counter and, you know, we only see three classes at tournaments or something. You know, I don't really, yeah. I don't really know how it's going to play out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm really stoked that they they're, they're doing something different. I mean, I would have honestly, I would have preferred. Well, I would have liked a couple of years ago for them to introduce more tournament style modes within the game client, yeah. so that we could see what it was like to ban classes and play best of five games with a set of decks that we've built and do all that stuff. Um, Instead, they've gone in the opposite direction, which is to make the tournament experience more like ladder, which means that playing ladder, you can get more, a bit more of a sense of what it, you know what I mean. Like, it's, yeah, 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 completely. You know, like there's a few different ways they could have done this, but overall, uh, I'm yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, that's a really good question. I'm not sure if anybody has asked Team Five whether or not they uh, they would have liked to have introduced tournament mode or not. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, has anybody huh, asked them? That? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's it boggles my mind just how slowly the addition of that kind of stuff to the game comes along. I mean, even the fact that specialist that isn't even built into the game client. Yeah, you know, you've got to use like Battlefy to set all this stuff up. I mean, yeah. Like having that functionality would just cut down on so much time and garbage and and mediation and it's just such a no-brainer. Yeah. It's bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean, I liked uh I've read through the tournament rules for right. Battlefy and you know, you just know that there's going to be problems when you have a system based on both players submitting a screenshot of their win-lose screen. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah. not ideal. Yep for running competitions that potentially lead to hundreds of thousands of dollars in prize money. Yep. Um, you know, it's just, it's not the ideal. <laughs> and, and you know, let, let's have a little chat about, like, Jay Chow um, because after, you know, he he, he was the head of Hearthstone Esports. Yep. He left a few months ago. Um, and then when Ixar posted that tweet saying, if, you, if Hearthstone used to be your primary game but it isn't anymore, what would it take to bring you back? And he he tweeted at Ixar saying tournament mode. Yeah. And I know that's like him just joking, having a bit of a, yeah. a, a dig <laughs> at him, but I can't help but think he came on board, was all gung-ho. Because you know, I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times and he was very much like, no, no, we're working with en- the engineering team and design and we're going to get the tools we need. Yeah. And he just must have run up against a brick wall. Yeah. You know, it's so it's so weird that they can't accommodate this this kind of stuff. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it is. Whether it's technical, and I can't imagine it's UI because they could have like a custom because you sort of client think, you know, that they use for tournaments or something. You yeah. know, like was there some decision at some point of like the box opening screen is sacrosanct? There's no way <laughs> yeah. that anything can ch- you know. Yeah. Um. So you're right. That's kind of a tricky one. One of the things I'll say that I do like about the new overarching um, format with the kind of Masters tournaments and all this kind of system is. Uh, just how regular the new tournament structures are that you really can mm. like every day of the week you could sign up for a Hearthstone tournament that is genuinely putting you on the path to, to yeah. trying to qualify for the next major tournament. Yeah. I think that's a really exciting thing because yeah. I know having dabbled in that before, there are always kind of the little, yeah, you know, just little tournaments that you could sign up for online, but they didn't really mean anything. And it was just hard as a normal player to mm. sort of think, how do you even start trying mm. to play in tournaments. Mm. And so I think the idea that there is yeah, now a really clear... points. And it was yeah. like, okay, so i got to grind these, whatever the, ver- the the current iteration of Open Cups are, and i got to try and, like, get a top legend finish on ladder regularly. It's yeah. like, you know, and it, so think, much yeah. time. And the new system, you know, they've got, I think it's like four places are going to be available yeah. for that sort of top, top pool of, of ladder players. Yeah. So there's definitely the structure there to keep supporting those players mm. who just love laddering, uh, but also opening that door to people who, you know, and there's no question, I've never played a tournament. Well, I've technically played, I think, two tournaments online way, way back. Right. But it's a thing going, I'm not a tournament player. And so, you know, I'm not going to win a tournament anytime soon, mm. but it's nice to feel like mm. I can get in a tournament and if I won that tournament, mm. I've won myself a place mm. at the next major. So i got a couple of things to say. First is that it's cool that for those ladder players, their experience of mastering a deck on ladder and getting top 200 and then, you know, finishing the top four actually will give them skills that will be valuable for the tournaments that they go yeah. on to. Because previously you could be a, a master in a class or two and then if you find yourself like in a tournament, then it's a completely different meta. 
Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so there's that. I can't remember what the other point was. I'll get, yeah. I'll get back to it. Well, I'm it's because sure. it's doubly good. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, two points in one. Oh, that was the other one. The other point was how do you feel about the kind of change in Blizzard's responsibilities for the people who are attending these um, Masters Tour events, right? Because you're going to have, say, 300 people or it's something like that, right, yeah. coming to Vegas for the first one it, in mid-June. It, it's going to be very like a Magic the Gathering totally. Grand Prix event. And I understand thing, yeah. that that's a lot of players. And I also understand that, you know, the, the season that leads up to that is like the America's season. But if you want to be a pro Hearthstone player and you're based in Australia, you kind of have to compete in every season to try and get your foot in the door and make your stamp on the scene. Mm. So... What happens if you're just not part of a team and you get to that Vegas, you've got to pay your own flights and there's this kind of accommodation and stuff, but... Do you have to pay yeah, your own... Yeah, yeah. Not, oh. Blizzard doesn't fit the bill for that. Wow, I didn't realise. So, I mean, it's a yeah, 250,000 like- USD kitty. So, if you do well, then you're fine. But I just, yeah, I just can't help but think that yeah. for somebody in Australia, because, I mean, the APAC Championship might be in Singapore or, you know, it might still be a $1,000 flight away. Yeah. So while it's more accessible to get into this tournament ecosystem, uh, I mean, you've got to have money to be able to actually then follow through if you do well. I mean, I have heard somebody make a good point along these lines about that relationship between traditional sports and this sort of thing. And, And one thing someone pointed out was that, you know, if you were, let's say, like a regional level representative mm. in any traditional sport and mm. you were going to like a you know an APAC tournament or mm. something you'd, you'd have to pay your own way yeah. you know yeah so it's interesting I'm not that, saying that like yeah. it's in it, I'm not saying Blizzard should be yeah. I'm just raising it as it's a conversation point it really because is. it has ramifications for the kind of people who can really yeah. actively pursue this yeah and because again yeah you you know we're still at that point with esports where you know in that other context, if you're like an athlete, you know, and you want to compete somewhere, there's various kind of local type grants and mm. funding things that will go, hey, that person's an athlete and mm. we will support them. Mm. And here's their little, you know, $1,000 check and we've sponsored them and helped them get mm. to. And you're like, if you went to your local council to say, hi, I'm, I'm going to an esports tournament, they'd be yep. like, ha, ha, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> there's just not that cachet there yet for yeah. going cool, that person's going to go and represent our town in this you know, global thing. Tell us about it afterwards and we'll write about it in the local paper. Yeah. Not quite yet. Yeah. So, Shay, what's your gut feeling about how fun specialist tournaments are going to be to watch? Yeah, the, I, like I have really enjoyed watching Conquest tournaments, mm. but I think the thing that worries me is I do, I wish they had gone a little bit broader with the, with the, Secondary decks, right? So you know, if it was to say, actually be able it, to change the archetype, yeah. So right. if it was like swap ten cards in two different decks, I feel like that would have really opened the door to having some genuine, you know, control slash aggro slash. You know, you'd have options mm. more than just a few tech changes. Mm. I think that's the thing that kind of worries me. Uh, and you know, I think um, Firebat did a really good job of doing the maths on on that difference between you know, comparing the idea of saying in Magic the Gathering, you know, a sideboard is, you know, however many cards uh, and therefore it's a similar percentage of a deck mm. to a Hearthstone deck. Mm. But he pointed out most of your deck in Magic is mana. 
Yeah, well, sorry, it's Lance. Yeah, remember the joke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, Lance. Um, and so, yeah, he's saying by percentage of functional cards, yeah, yeah. it is actually, you know, almost half of a deck that yeah. you're able to change yeah. on a sideboard. And so we're not really getting that percentage of functional change yeah. um, and that that is going to be important. I think my big hope would be that, you know, maybe it is after the first season, maybe they do go, you know what, yeah, we're going to broaden it out. You know, mm. Like that's the kind of openness to change I'd be excited to see mm. because, again, then less beholden to the point system that they mm. have been over this past year because of that structure they put in place. And in that context, once you put a point system like that, you know, in place, you can't halfway through the season go, and now we're going to double the points for the rest of the season yeah. or something because you're like, whoa, whoa, like people yeah. played with a really specific frame yeah. of reference. So I think there is that potential that they might tweak exactly how many cards are involved with specialist, which would be really good if they are able to respond in that yeah, way. Yeah, I would really hope that they would do that because um, when I chatted to Ben and Mike the other day, I asked them about like, so you guys are launching a whole you know hearthstone year with this new untested format like why why like why why not like do some more public testing and just see how the community responds and like do a a lead up to it it doesn't really matter that you know so you spoiled the announcement a bit but so what uh and mike was like well actually there was that specialist uh tournament but you know my feeling with that is that was like each player there was like nine players, each of whom was a specialist in a particular class. It's completely different. Yeah. You know, because in this one, everybody has the agency to choose whatever class they could, they want and they might all change, choose the same class. Yeah. So, yeah, like they have to be prepared to make changes if this falls flat or if it's not quite as good as it could be. Yeah. And I also think they need to be prepared to just design to the format too yeah. in terms of cards um, because... Yeah, it's more important than ever to put those interruption cards and, you know, to think Absolutely. about and, and also the the fact that, they're, you know, nerfing stuff faster is a good thing leading into this because if there is a clear tier one deck, if it's like a mid-range shaman or something that's just absolutely dominant, then they need to step in really fast Yeah, because the tournaments could be a disaster if there is one deck that yeah, is so one true far deck. above. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so let's get into the new... Story, I guess, because it's not just a new year Mm -hmm. and a new set, but Mm. they've really framed the idea that we're going to get a whole saga Mm. for the Year of the Dragon and they're playing around with the idea that, you know, all right, we've got all the cool bad guys coming back from Mm -hmm. past sets. I was talking to my kids about it the other day and... It's funny that in for them it is that feeling of like, oh, cool, I know who they are. You know? right, <laughs> like, so right, yeah. they've got that instant bit of affinity watching yep. the video um, where Power when it fun. has been That's new that stuff. card that nobody ever played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we got Rise of Shadows first and yep. then, you know, the tease on the idea of we'll keep playing with the same concept through the year. Um, but, yeah, what are you feeling about what we've seen so far? Uh, it seems cool, but I'm not a wow guy. So yeah. Dalaran means nothing to me, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I now know it's a floating city, uh, so there's that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of bringing those characters back uh, as long as this kind of story arc that happens over three expansions and three solo adventures 
you know, has the same flexibility they generally do. Yeah. You know, and they've said to me that it, it, it will because what I, one of the things I really love about Hearthstone is just the hard left turns and you know, we've got a darker, whimsical, whispers of the old gods and then we go into something really light and disco mage. Yeah, and, you know, that like, was so fun. Those man. kind of, you never know what's awaiting you in Hearthstone through the year. Yeah. So if we can have our cake and eat it too, i.e. get a story that's told in three parts and have some continuity, but then also just shift things up as we go, then, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's great. See, I'm a lore nerd. I love my WoW lore. Right. And so I, I am, as much as half these characters are completely invented mm. and don't exist in WoW, mm. I love the idea of this kind of through line for the year. I even, I have my prediction on how I think the beats are going to go, oh, at yeah. least in the kind of the main three sets. Yep. I'm like, I reckon... The middle set is going to have something to do with them kind of winning, you know, yep. and like yep. they're going to take over and whatever place they're going to decide is yep. the place they take over. That'll be kind of around the theme. Yep. And then I feel like maybe the third set is going to be like a dragon flight themed set to kind of close out the year of the dragon. Mm. And because they then come but in will and they? help to win it. Because Raven, Mammoth, I mean, these were just. Kraken, they're all just yeah. names. I mean, It'd be, it totally. would be cool, though, for the first year-long, yeah. you know, to tie that all together thematically. And that's, like, that's... Like, beyond the- just having dragons in the card sets, because yeah. that's not really enough. And that's, yeah, that's the one reason I feel like maybe that's kind of a cool turn for this year, is they've come up with this idea of a whole kind of yep. sequence of events. Uh, I remember we were talking to Mike last year about exactly like how mm. they pick a name for the year, mm. And it was that it was like, oh, like it might be vaguely themed off the first set. So like which would fit with Raven. Yeah. You know, and they had those sorts of little mammoth and Angoro. Like so they kind of have those little synchronous moments at the start of Mm. the year, but not really beyond that. Whereas Mm. they've got an idea for the year now. I think that would be kind of cool if it's like, oh, where are the dragons? Yeah. And then it's like, boom, here's a whole dragon set. Okay, so forgive my ignorance, but when you say dragon flight. Yeah. So there's a whole history in uh, Warcraft around like different ages of dominance of different kinds of beings mm-hmm. and creatures. And the dragons are all kind of a really, you know, they're part of like the essence of the world itself. And the dragon flight are sort of this main leadership group of dragons who are essentially uh, called the dragon aspects, right? Which means they kind of, you know, there's like the actual kind of, you know, aspect magic. And mm-hmm. that's like Caligos, who they've mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, is going to be one of the cards in this mm-hmm. set. Um, but so there's all these, you know, Alex Strauser was, you know, one of those kind right. of dragons as well. Right. Um, so, you know, that'd be cool if we get some kind of variant Alex Strauser later in the year or something. Like there's lots of kind of cool things they could do. Mm. Um, but that's sort of the vague theme. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, as you say it, it is that thing going, and a lot of those dragons already exist in uh, classic card formats as legends, so uh, I guess they've used them. But, you know, we've had comma, you know, different versions of like, you know, um, Deathwing, you know, things yep. like that before. Yep. So, yeah, they could they could play around with it, I reckon. And, yeah, Ragnaros is, you know, two versions of that, and he's still in standard even yeah. though he's not. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's ways to keep these things around. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what's your take on what we've heard about the first solo adventure so far? So I've missed like, that entirely. Okay. I haven't, like, I haven't, yeah, the only things I've seen are the new cards, the main intro videos. Right. I haven't actually heard anything about what the theory is behind. Is it going to be a lot like the old solo adventures that we used to get with wings and that kind of thing or not? No, no, no. Well, yeah, there's five missions. Right. So, yeah, you'll get the first 
uh, mission for free yep. and then you pay 700 gold or X dollars to unlock the subsequent ones or buy them all in one go. Yeah. Um, but it's very much the dungeon run style okay, of yeah. game design. Yeah. But what they've decided to go for is just more options, more customization. So you actually unlock things as you play. So you'll unlock more starting decks for your class and you'll unlock uh, multiple hero powers for your class and you actually kind of unlock the classes as you go yeah, through as cool. well. So you'll be able to do some pretty custom kind of approaches, I would say, which will be part of the the fun of it and the replayability is yeah. trying to basically get builds right, I guess. Yeah. And then there's also uh, like non-combat encounters within the kind of boss run as well oh, yeah, cool. where I don't really know the specifics, but the basic idea is that you can um, take cards out of your deck and bring cards in and it's like a oh, you're right. tweak your deck and make it work kind of thing. So, yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean, I really like... Will, will we actually get to... Like, will we be unlocking cards given no. that we're paying... For, so we're paying for it, but we're so not each, actually going to get more each stuff. Each mission in that our you game. beat gets you three of the the... Rise of Shadows card packs. Right. And then once you've beaten the fifth mission, you get the card back and a golden classic set. Oh, so there's a, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of card backs. No, there's one card back. Oh, in each whole, set. A whole bunch of um, packs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you you know, you yeah, you gotta pay for the content, yeah. but you'll you'll be earning like yeah. card packs as you go. Yeah. So I don't really know like, like if you get around to finishing it, you'll you'll have earned your money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you'll yeah, you'll hopefully have a stack of cards yeah, so yeah. yeah so it sounds pretty cool yeah i mean I, I quite like those solo adventures they're not something that i play all the time but every so often i'm just like you know what i just want to put some music on and just and be able to alt tab away you know that's the thing i find yeah. like when i'm trying to relax at night playing hearthstone is the wrong thing to do because like i'm like listen like auditioning like dance music for like a set that i'm building or something and i can only really concentrate on one thing at a time and I just find that I just wind up just focused on Hearthstone and not listening to the music that I'm actually the, the main thing I'm trying to do. Yeah. Uh, which is where the solo stuff's really great because you can just, yeah, go away from it. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't cleared, or, you know, I've cleared it with one or two classes or heroes or whatever they've called them over the last few series, but I haven't gone around and kind of swept it up. But I do always yep. like that feeling of now and then being able to go, yeah, I want to go and finish getting that card back or, you know, I need to go and finish unlocking Prince Arthur's, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't mind having that spare gameplay up my sleeve yeah, totally. when I feel like getting around Well, you'll be pleased it. to hear then that the heroic mode is back, so the, the options to play through it on cool. that difficulty level. And then there's a mode that they call anomaly mode, which uh, like has like a random variable that's like a persistent thing. Like all your minions get plus one, plus one, or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of go, okay, I'm going to play it again, but even though I've beaten it, I'm just going to have this random thing that I'm then going to have to respond to. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it compares because, you know, I've been playing heaps of Slay the Spire over the last few months. It's just an awesome, awesome game. Uh, and, you know, there's a bunch of like great roguelike games that really set the bar for these kind of things. Uh, but it's good to see Hearthstone really attempting to build something out that's got a bit more depth to it and going, you know what, you're just going to have to pay to play it because, you know, we're, we've put a lot of energy. I mean, they doubled their, um, I think they said doubled, they've built up their um, solo team significantly. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, yeah. I mean, I think they should hire a guy for new formats and new modes. Um, that would, would also make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'll take it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> 
Um, anything jump out at you amongst the new uh, mechanics? I feel like Twin Spell is sort of exciting in one, almost in one sense, right? It will sit in the new uh, specialist mode a little bit. You know, like the idea of, you know what, I'm actually adding multiple spells to yeah. my deck in a certain context. Yeah. Um, like the one that they've shown of the Forest Aid, which is some of five two-two treants, it's you know, and then you get another copy mm. of it. That's a big one for forcing someone to use board clear and knowing you've got extra ammunition up your sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's also interesting from the perspective of uh, you know, the value cards leaving the game. So we're gonna have these new moderate value cards coming in. Yeah. So it's kind of clever from that perspective. Yeah, schemes as well, right? You know, the idea of I yeah, want to draw this yeah. early because I want it to turn into an absolute monster. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so games theoretically go a bit longer and it just gives you flexibility. And Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm not super excited about the mechanics yet, but I can certainly see the potential. Yeah. Uh, and the lackeys are kind of interesting as well. Um, just, you know, spare parts 2.0, but with a body attached. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, seem pretty, they seem pretty strong. But, I mean, some of the individual standalone cards are... Redonkulous. Oh, which you know. one do you feel like? Uh, well, I mean, I really love Calicos. Yep. I think that's insane. Uh, Having the dis- discover up your sleeve straight yeah. out of the gate means you know you can play same turn something. Yep. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, Chef Nomi, who you would know as a law person <laughs> yes. because I've heard lots of people going on about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's interesting just for any time the meta shifts into a scenario where fatigue is a thing. I don't know if you'd build your deck around it, but it's like yeah. kind of that safeguard card, which is interesting. Although, I mean, hey, the, could, there's one you put in your sideboard slash yeah. one of your spare but decks, you could have whatever it you call your, it. In your rogue deck with Myra's. Yeah. You know, you draw that and then you can play Myra's and get that online really early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Refarm's interesting. You know, Golden Monkey is, is back, but without having to jump through a bunch of hoops <laughs> yeah. to get there. Yeah. So again, like if you had that in a zoo deck and or, or just a deck where you've got a lot of reactive stuff later in the game that's not really helping you that much and you just want to drop some bombs then yeah uh, it's i don't know like it's I'm, I'm enjoying the cards i've seen so far yeah uh maybe more so than the overall mechanics that tie them all together yeah and look i think slight side note there i think it's a really interesting thing to to you know to watch how these options evolve for different classes mm. because a big part of say things like uh removing um, divine favor from uh, paladin mm. putting that in hall of fame um when they were talking about some of those kinds of choices um and i think there was oh and um doom guard yep. warlock yep. they were really trying to talk about the idea that certain classes are kind of meant to have certain strengths and weaknesses yep. you know and those kinds of cards overcame inherent weaknesses yep. of those classes. Yep. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, again, in the context of specialist and wanting to be able to respond to problems, mm. um, how they kind of said, well, yeah, if you're trying to really enforce the idea that certain classes have inherent strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. um, while also now you know, we're going to see a whole bunch of new cards, how are they going to try to make sure that no one is so much stronger or weaker again that that you instantly enter that matchup and go, oh, I'm 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 screwed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's... And I mean, people hate that on ladder as well. Yeah, you know? and it's kind of that funny. You know, I don't. I'm not super high on ladder, but when you know, you'll see some people just they'll just instantly concede when mm. they see your class mm. because they're like, oh, I'm tired of seeing a certain mm. version of the deck. You know, like, I wasn't even running that version of the deck. 
<laughs> yeah. All right, let's close down um, yep. the World Championship. I think worth kind of wrapping it up on that concept because it is going to be a rather unique World Championship. Absolutely. Old format, all conquest action, but with the new set of cards. Yeah. This is the, you know, Every everything so far has always been, and now the world championship closes out that year. Mm-hmm. Hasn't it been fun? Everybody is completely expert in everything mm-hmm. that, that they have built until now. They spent the last twelve months <laughs> gaining mastery over, yeah, the the kind of permutations of the game over that yeah. period of time. And now they'll have approximately two weeks <laughs> to, <laughs> to get ready. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's cool. I think it's going to bring in viewers, and it's going to be fun to watch. But I feel a bit sorry for the players, particularly players who maybe don't have a support network that can help them because yeah. ultimately the players who do best at this these finals are going to be the ones who have a bunch of people all testing stuff and just pooling their, their talents together to yeah. try and work out, okay, what is actually going to work? It's like these people run some nuts spreadsheets. Yeah. You know, when you talk to them about how they analyze stuff, yeah, yeah, that they are just... They are, you know, the joke of esports sometimes is that they're playing a different game to us, you know. Yep. But I think in in that kind of window of that, you have ten days mm. to, you know, get all the new cards, get used to the rotation, mm. um, get everything working as perfectly as you can, come up with what decks you're going to submit, and then go. Let's let's go, everybody. Um, you're right that that those people who have a team together that mm. all help each other out um, are going to be in a pretty good place. But also, I think yeah, there'll still definitely be some curveballs that yep. that show up at the event, and that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I just I my, I guess my hope is that we have a true power level reset, but the game itself is still super interesting. Yeah, you know, like I don't want a power level reset where it's like, all right, well, just putting stats on the board is pretty much the way to go. <laughs> so it's mid range all the way. Like I yeah. I suspect that it's not going to work out that way because Team Five are better than that. But yeah. um. We don't know yet because we've hardly seen any cards yeah. for the new set. So I mean, I think what will probably happen is that we won't necessarily see, you know, we won't see standard bans in the way that we sometimes do at big mm. tournaments, you know, where it's just like uh, everybody bans Warlock because they don't want to have to deal with it. Mm. It might be that for this tournament there is a little bit more of that variety of kind of mm. just looking at the lists and having to just make a bit of a call on, mm. uh, I think this is going to be, you know, the one I don't want to have to deal with. Mm. Um but hopefully you're right. I'm sure, yeah, you almost feel like people are going to have a couple of safe options in their mix mm. and then maybe they you know, bring a crazy tog waggle or something, mm. you know, which you know, I still remember props to the Aussies that were doing that last year when they yep. get to a next tournament and have just brought some crazy stuff. Because, again, you're like, oh, maybe it doesn't work on the day, but good on you for bringing yeah. some crazy <laughs> to totally. a major tournament. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting. Uh, I mean, I haven't really thought about, okay, what's left because I'm so focused on, okay, that's going, that's going, that's going. Uh, whereas last year it was like, okay, well, uh, Q-Block's still a thing. You know, yeah. Warlock's still going to be dominant. So we kind of knew heading into the Witchwood meta that there were some like archetypes that were absolutely just going to stick around because all the, a lot of the component pieces were still there. Yeah. But this year is probably a bit different. I mean, yeah, Rush is still, you know, that's going to yep. potentially play a big role given that also with the smaller pool that might mean that, you know, to make sure that you can get over the top of of people just putting big bodies on the board. Yeah. Um, you might want to sort of deal with some of that. But you're right, the DK stuff, because, you know, I mean, it just it just hits me again how, like, 
in tournaments, like Jaina is just so mm-hmm. difficult to deal with. Totally. Um, that it's going to be nice to not have to watch her just slowly whittle people down. Yeah, again. totally. Yeah. Um, any other final thoughts on, you know, the the next months ahead or right i personally mm-hmm. i kind of i don't do the whole follow the daily release of cards and things because right. i'm like yep okay like i just i want to slow you know i want to just sit down and look at it all when it's about to oh land. really yeah okay yeah. um you know i guess uh you know i'm sure there's a bit more of that in you know ign type environment where it's like now you know readers let's uh, analyze every last little idea that is floating around uh no I I follow it just, it's just from, from my <laughs> yeah just for, for my own personal you know gratification but yeah the yeah. way I typically do it is you know I'm on the subreddit a bit but uh you know I'll just listen to Value Town or the Angry Chicken or yeah. you know just the 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 Hearthstone podcasts and they just do the big like all right let's just go through all the cards that have been released in the last week and chat about them and you just I I like seeing a bunch of different perspectives because. A lot of the time what Trump thinks is going to be really good is really different to, you know, what Kibler or somebody else thinks is going to be good. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like I, I lap that stuff up. Yeah. You know, I, I spend my commutes just <laughs> – I mean, I do that anyway, but it's all Hearthstone yeah. in release season. I guess I'm just kind of flicking through. What are like the legendaries that are off the back of the last couple of sets? Mm-hmm. And it's like I guess the one hero we're going to have floating around is still Dr. Boom floating around in, uh, you know, just to make those control warriors – as nasty as they have been lately. Yep. Um, yeah, let's make a game last 50 minutes. Um, but, yeah, there's, I mean, again, nothing really jumps out at me as going, oh, now that's going to just completely take over mm. everything that's been going on lately. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it, look, I think it's going to be a fun year um, and just hopefully off the back of this, yeah, this first wave, mm. we get a good feeling for what's happening. So I do, I do have one final thing to well, say, yeah. and that is I'm looking forward to seeing whether the new game director, Ben Lee, is like a real, you know, public-facing persona like his predecessor was. Yeah. Uh, because he was introduced uh, at the recent summit, but it was only kind of brief and it was like, you know, Ben's been here for a couple of months and he's still finding his feet kind of thing. Uh, so I'm just looking forward to seeing what type of guy he is because the team was without a game director for quite some time. And, you know, other people have shuffled around and we've got Chris Sigurdy in, in the mix and Mike Denae I think has a broader role than he used to have and Ben Thompson also. Uh, so, you know, we had a lot of high-profile debauches last year. So this year we get to see the fruits of how the team structure is shaken out and we've got a new game director. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to just seeing... Yeah what that means for the game this year. I've just been sitting here trying to think of a good Ben Lee, the musician, pun, <laughs> but I just I couldn't find one. I mean, something like, does he smoke because cigarettes will kill you or, some, you know, catch my disease, something. I don't know. Anyway. Unfortunately, um, we've got to stick to the nerdy gaming puns. Yeah, that's right. To the- I'm sure half the audience will be like, Ben Lee. Uh, I mean, but he's Australian, so, you know. Yeah, uh, except it not been, this guy. It, it would have been great, Shay. It would have been <laughs> if great. If I'd thought of the perfect we'll, one, we'll, we'll, you would have heard it here, we'll chuck but it in, you didn't. In, we'll chuck it in in post. <laughs> yeah, I can edit that in later. <laughs> hey, everybody, here's my joke. Um, look, Cam, thank you so much for letting me bust into IGN and have a chat with you. Um, where can people find other things that you do? Uh, I, my Twitter account is at jazzabration. I don't tweet very much, yeah. but you're, you're welcome to, you know, shoot me a message and say hello. That's that's all good. Yeah. And obviously on IGN. And the podcast is our podcast that we do once a month. Awesome. If we're lucky. <laughs> it's really <laughs> off the wall. Yeah. So check it out. It is good fun. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it because I'm sitting here in, in the room <laughs> where they record it. Or do you record it up on your deck sometimes? Uh, no, we do it here. My plan actually is to take it on the road and do it in craft breweries and just nice. sit in the corner with a mixer and, yeah, or drink, if, drink some of the local beers. And If you yeah. make it down to Eden Brewery in the Highlands, mm-hmm. um, yeah, invite me along. Okay. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. Cool. Thank you again. And thanks, thank you, everybody, for listening to The Scrapyard. You can... Of course, find it uh, in all the usual places where you subscribe to podcasts. Um, leave those nice reviews and things because algorithms like reviews, except for bad ones. Don't leave those. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, find this and all the other shows that I'm doing at biteside.com. We'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>